Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your word. And we pray that as we look now at James chapter 2, that you would open our eyes to see how you would have us to live as your saved people. And we ask that we would then live that way to the honour of your name. Amen. Well, out of the front of many a courthouse stands a woman with a blindfold. I wonder if you've ever seen a woman with a blindfold at the front of a courthouse. Not a live woman, it's a statue of a woman. And she has a blindfold on, scales in one hand and a sword in the other. She is Lady Justice. And she represents the ideal of justice. And the blindfold part of that is the bit that says that justice ought to be impartial and not biased. Hence the blindfold. Uh, she simply weighs the facts in the scales and doesn't see with her blindfold who it is coming for justice. She's impartial. It's as if she cannot see whether the person is powerful and respected or whether the person is poor and infamous. To put it simply, she doesn't favour anyone. And that is the ideal of justice. Now the reality of justice, on the other hand, is that around the world, justice usually favours the rich and the powerful. In some countries, the rich bribe the judges and then they get away with whatever they've done. But even in Australia, where that's not the case, the rich can still buy the very best lawyers, a whole team of them. They can dress smartly, and they can play the part. And often it works for them. Sadly, justice often favours the rich in real life. I wonder if that rankles with you. Why does it rankle with you? Isn't it just the way of the world? Well, if it does bother you, let me say that you're not alone. Favoritism towards the rich was something that bothered James. Uh, and he's quite strong about it too, as we've seen. So let's go back to James chapter 2 and see what he says about favoritism towards the rich. Look again at verse 1. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. That was pretty clear, wasn't it? Believers in Jesus should not show favoritism. That's the principle that James gives us at the start of this passage. And then the rest of the passage is the unpacking of that principle. He's saying, do not give special treatment or discriminate against others. They should treat everyone fairly. No favoritism. Now, friends, this is so much part of our culture that we think that this is the way things should be that we probably all said in our heads as soon as he said that, 
Well, of course. Of course we shouldn't show favoritism. That would be awful. And yet, it's one of the ways in which Christianity has influenced our culture so that we see favoritism as wrong. In fact, our whole society does. Still happens, of course, because people are sinful. But at least our society knows that it's wrong. And we know it's wrong because God says it's wrong in the Bible. That's where the idea came from. So who are we going to be tempted to show favoritism to? Well, James explains it very clearly in the next few verses. He says, Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, Here's a good seat for you. Uh, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So James goes on to give his prime example of where people show favoritism in the ancient world and lo and behold, it's the rich. Uh, it's actually not a surprise. It's not hard to work out why people in the ancient Near East favoured the rich because they could help you out in return with a bit of money or a bit of food or if you angered them they might send their people to get you and so you favoured them. The rich, well they can give you something tangible or worse, on the negative side, do something to you but the poor, well they're helpless. They don't have any power. They don't have the means. And so it's common in the ancient Near East to show favoritism to the rich. And note how they showed favoritism in these verses. By giving them the best seats. And the poor, well, they got no seat at all. It was the ancient equivalent to business class on a plane for the rich. Or first class in a train or the corporate box at the stadium. They would be tempted to give the rich the best spot. Friends, it's interesting, isn't it, to consider how things really haven't changed all that much when it comes to this in our society. Uh, we, as a society, still lean towards favouring the rich. But as believers, we are called to live differently now that we've been saved by Jesus. We should show no favoritism to the rich. And so, friends, you might notice that there is no actual business class seating here at St. Nick's. You'll be pleased to know. It's all first class here. Uh, and nor will there be for these verses show just how wrong that is to have business class seats in church. And so let me just say, if you weren't sure about this, let me declare to you that anyone can sit anywhere on any of our comfortable seats. Even the ones down the front. Just saying, just that, yeah. Friends, there are more subtle ways, aren't there, to show favoritism to the rich. And let us pray that God keeps us from doing that. For that wouldn't bring honour to Jesus' name to do that, would it? Well, 
Jesus goes on to give wise reasons why we shouldn't show favoritism. And he lists three of them. The first one's in verse 5. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. The first reason that James gives why we shouldn't favor the rich is God's general preference for the poor. It's very similar, in one sense, to a statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. Uh, and it's also what we see throughout history. Uh, throughout history, it has been the poor who have, by and large, responded to the gospel message of Jesus. If you want to look where is the church growing fastest around the world, you look for the place where poverty is the worst and you'll find the church growing well, generally speaking. And, so, and James' point here is, if God has done this, if he's got a general preference for the poor and chosen them, generally speaking, if he's given them that honour, well, we shouldn't be dishonouring the poor then. That would be being out of step with God. No, 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 we should be honouring the poor and treating them with respect. Second reason is follows in verse 6. Again, uh, he says, Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? The second reason to not favour the rich is because it's the rich that persecute Christians. Now this is probably because they have the power to do it. They have the means, whereas sometimes people who are poor and want to do something can't do it. But nonetheless, it's still them who do it. By and large, most persecution comes from the wealthy, not the poor. So then, James asks, why would you favour those who persecute you? Yes, we should pray for them and bless them and turn the other cheek, but not favour them over the poor. Let's look at his final reason in verse 8. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. The final reason not to favor the rich is because it breaks the royal law. And this royal law that he's referring to here is Jesus' summation of the law found in Matthew 22, verse 39. To love your neighbor as yourself. That's what this royal law is. It's the law that gives freedom, he says later. That is, it's the best way to live. So if we want to live the best and wisest way whilst we wait for Jesus to return, then we love others. And favouring the rich and neglecting the poor is not loving others. So James tells us not to do it. 
Why? Because it's unloving and unwise. Friends, James has given us good reasons to not favour the rich and ignore the poor. It's great if we can heed his wise counsel. Now when we listen to James and heed him, it doesn't save us. We need to be very clear at this point. Remember that James is a wisdom book that assumes salvation. And as we saw in verse 1, all the way back in verse 1 of this chapter, he is addressing it to believers. That is, people who have already been saved through faith in Jesus. So by doing this, you don't earn your salvation. It's what you do now you have been saved. But seeing as we've been saved through faith in Jesus then let us live this way each and every day. Not favouring the rich and ignoring the poor, but let us be blind to people's wealth as we relate to them, like Lady Justice, treating everyone with the same honour and respect so that everyone feels welcome at St Nick's, and in our everyday lives, regardless of their financial circumstances. That is how we're called to live, as God's saved people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you that you have saved us through faith in your Son Jesus, who died for us on the cross. Thank you for that grace and generosity. And we pray that having been saved by faith, we would then put that faith into action. And especially as we've seen today in your word, by treating people with honour and respect, whether they are wealthy or poor. Help us not to show favouritism. Rather, to love everyone. In the name of Jesus. Amen.